This is an ABC podcast. Whew. Is this studio chair getting smaller or is my butt getting bigger? Is this on? Carl, I think you've pressed record. Oh, uh, yeah, whoops. Uh, we're live. Go, Momo. Well, hello there, short and curly crew. As you know, we're a show that absolutely celebrates curiosity. But recently, we heard something from one of our listeners that shook us to our core. Yeah, that's right. Luca wrote to us to say, sometimes curiosity, that thing that we love so much, can become, well, something else. Here's what he wrote. Hi, I listen to your podcast and really enjoy it. I love the questions you pose and it makes me laugh a lot. I have cerebral palsy and I have been thinking. I have a question about how people react to me when I'm out. People stare. My parents say this is their curiosity, but I find it rude. So this is the question. At what point does curiosity become rudeness? Is it okay to stare at someone? I don't think it is, but people do it a lot. So maybe in some situations, curiosity can be rude, especially if other people are curious about you. Yeah, getting stared at is super uncomfortable. Yeah, it's like, did I forget to put my pants on this morning or something? It's super weird. (laughs) So weird. But also, Carl, don't we often want to examine things? Like ideas and arguments and how the world is? True, but I guess ideas and arguments don't have feelings like people do. Today on Short and Curly, I guess it's time to figure out how to be curious well. And to do that, let's take a long, hard look at staring. Look into my eyes, Molly. Look into my eyes. Carl, okay, stop staring at me. Hello, and today you're listening to Short. You're listening to Short and Curly. And Curly. Yay! Short and Curly! Let's kick off today with a thinking question. Remember, you can pause the show here to think or chat with those around you. And our question is, try to think of a time you've found yourself staring at someone or being stared at. What are some of the reasons you think people stare? Hit pause now. And I reckon it's time to hear from our brain's trust about staring and being stared at. I feel like that'd be creepy, everyone just looking at you as they walk past, like, it's kind of... I'm with that bloke who's got terrible palsy, Luca. I I reckon it's okay, like, that if you take it too far and just keep staring at him, it might turn into a bit of rudeness. I reckon you take a look and then walk off. Don't stare at him for, like, five minutes. The first few times it'd be, like, embarrassing but, like, okay. Because, like, it's it's only... You've never really experienced it, so you're like, oh, yeah, they're all looking at me, that's kind of weird. But when it's normal, when you're going just through your everyday life, then it gets really annoying. Once when I was playing a rugby game with my friend, she introduced me to this girl in a wheelchair and um, I, I kind of felt a bit bad for staring at like her wheelchair. Like it just didn't feel right to be staring, but I still did stare at 
I just said sorry for staring at you. It's it's just a bit weird. I've never seen someone in like a wheelchair. She said, oh, that's okay. I get lots of looks from people anyways. I don't want this to sound like rude, but I want to meet Luca and like ask him maybe some questions to get more of an understanding about like him and what happened and how people stare at him and questions some people have for him and stuff. So today we'll be hearing a lot more about staring from our listener Luca and also another member of our curly crew, Neve, who we'll meet soon. Two kids who've both experienced plenty of staring. Let's start with Luca, who wrote us that letter we heard earlier. His cerebral palsy means he looks and sounds and moves a bit differently, and he uses a wheelchair. He told us this recent story about being stared at. There was this guy in my lunch club, and he was just staring at me for like 30 minutes. And he was not curious, he was just boo. What does it feel like for you when someone like that boy is staring at you? I I just really don't like it when people stare at me because it makes me feel really weird about myself. And it makes me feel uncomfortable and like I don't belong. Now, we've all been stared at at some point in our lives. But does Luca reckon it's different when it happens to him? Kind of, yeah. Why do you think people stare at you just to give me some contact here? So as an example, um, when I was at university, um, I didn't wear shoes for a while and that made a lot of people stare at me because um, it's a pretty weird thing to do to not wear shoes. I felt like I was making a statement somehow. And so I think they stared at me because it was a bit different. Okay, um, that was a conscious choice, whereas this, no, I did not have a choice. Like, I don't wake up in the morning and think, oh, uh, I will get in my wheelchair today. No, I I just have to do. It's not about free will. It's about necessity for me. That's a really good point. Um, and the choice thing, I think, is really at the centre of, of what you've been talking about here. Can you tell me a bit more about being in the lunchroom with that boy? And I think you mentioned earlier that you think maybe he wanted to have a conversation with you, that he might have been curious. Do you ever think about their intentions when someone's staring at you and whether their intentions might be just to start a conversation or to, because they're curious? And does that feature in when you think about how you're feeling about things? I would love to say that it did. I, I genuinely would. But that would be lying. And I'm just angry whenever that happens because I go off feeling terrible. And how much do you want to bet that they don't think about it more afterwards? 
Do you ever think about what you might like to say to someone, though, who's staring at you? Oh, all the time. All the time. Why are you looking at me like you're not so special, you know? That's so unfair that one person can be really hurt and the other person doesn't even notice how much of an impact they've had. Yeah, that totally sucks. Oh, good, you're both here. Can we talk about the chairs in this office? Are they getting smaller or is my butt getting bigger? (gasps) That's what I said. Vindication! It's like my pants still fit, but the chairs do not. Maybe it's all those post-recording smoothies? Matt, we're live. Oh, (laughs) oops. Um, Hi, everyone listening. For the record, I don't think it's my butt. I think it's the chairs. Let the record show it is the chairs. Hear, hear. Now, Matt, we're talking about that email Luca sent us. Oh, right. Sometimes being seen by another person can feel amazing. It can make us feel loved and supported and cared for. But other times, like Luca said, it can really suck. But how can you work out whether it's going to suck or not? It's got to do with the difference between being looked at and being seen. When we're being seen, it feels like we're being treated as a person. We're being understood and recognised for who we really are. But when we're being looked at, it's like we're being turned into a thing. The person looking at us gets to decide who we are and we lose all control over how we're seen. Yeah, it makes you feel like you're a specimen in a lab or something. That's a really good example. And we sometimes call this objectification. And being objectified isn't fun because we aren't objects. We're people. And because of that, we want to be understood for who we really are. And we don't want other people to put us into a box and decide who they think we are and what we're capable of. Yeah, that's exactly what Luca was saying. When they stare at him, they're reducing him to the way he looks instead of remembering that he's Luca, this really interesting, complicated person. Yeah, and for Luca, there's even more going on. Being stared at can feel worse for some people than others. There's a big difference between being stared at because you've got sauce on your face and being stared at because you use a wheelchair. When a person stares at Luca... It's not just one person staring at him. That person reminds him of all the judgmental, hurtful and unfair experiences that people with disabilities sometimes have in society. And I think one thing that can happen when you get stared at or objectified in that way is that you start to feel like you don't belong. Yeah. Actually, one of our other short and curly listeners told us about a time she was stared at and made to feel different and ashamed. Hi, my name's Neve and I am 10 years old and I'm a listener of Short and Curly and I love listening to them while I'm doing a bunch of different art projects. I have a below the elbow um, limb difference. I have probably 65% of my arm still. I've still got my elbow. It's just some of it just didn't grow. But people say, oh, where's your arm gone? So I feel like there's more features of myself that people should look at. 
For Neve, being stared at affects her long after it happens, and probably long after the person who was doing the staring has forgotten about it completely. I started noticing that people were staring at me when I was eight in year three, and I was in the choir, and we had gone to this uh, different school to practice with a bunch of other schools, and so it was going really well, and like halfway through, I had to go to the bathroom, so I went, and this other girl came in, and she had finished going to the toilet, and I was washing my hands, and I just put my hand underneath the dryer, and she just stared. She was just like froze in the middle of washing her hands. I stood there for like a minute or two and then I just walked straight out of the bathroom because I was felt a bit weird. And so I went to sit back down and she came back and she was sitting next to her friends and she turned around and so did her friend. And they were just turning back and turning back and turning back and looking at me. First they were just curious and then turned into rudeness because they kept staring and I felt really uncomfortable and self-conscious. So then it was recess, so we went out and I sort of like went up against the wall, held my bag close to me and sort of ate my recess like that. And my friends, they wanted to play tip and I was like, no, I'm okay, I'll just stay here. But eventually I got up and I, and I went to go play with my friends. And I came back and it was, um, I was like, oh no, they're going to scare, stare at me again. I was like, oh, what if any, everyone else does? All these thoughts are rushing through my head. That heartbreaking experience that Neve describes there is sometimes called othering. It's when we make someone feel like an other someone who is different to us. And it sounds like that's exactly what has happened to Luca and Neve. They weren't just objectified, but they were made to feel ashamed, like they're different, and because of that, they don't belong. So I was thinking, if I met Neve in person, I actually don't think I would stare at her arm. But, and this is important... That's only because I actually met a lot of people who had body differences like hers when I made a science show about prosthetic and robotic body parts. Yeah, and so those body differences became super normal to you. The more exposed we are to something, the less likely it is to stand out to us. Like, in my work as an actor and a writer, we talk a lot about representation, which is just showing all kinds of people in movies, TV shows, books, comics, whatever. The more we see people, the more familiar they become. Oh, so it's like if your favourite TV show had a character with a limb difference like Neve's or had a voice like Luca's, then you'd just be used to it and there'd be no reason to stare. But it's not like changing who the hero is in a movie is the only thing we can do to stop people from staring at Luca and Neve. So they've got some other ideas too. Okay, and let's hit play. Oh, gosh, that was so hard to hold in. Uh, Molly, we're still live. We haven't started playing their interviews yet. Oh, seriously? Why does this keep happening to us? Uh, apologies to our listeners for Molly's astonishingly loud interruption there, but look, at least you don't have to smell it. Ugh. I'm sorry, I ate a lot of broccoli. My deepest regrets. Let's uh, crack a window and hear from Neve and Luca with their final thoughts 
about curiosity and rudeness. So curiosity is a willingness to know, understand, and learn about something. Like you're genuinely interested in it. Rudeness, however, is like an instant gratification thing. I need to know this and then I'm done. So can you give me some examples of rude questions that you've been asked when someone's curious and they've come to talk to you? Yeah, I can. Um, why do you look like that? What happened to you? Why do you talk like that? Because my voice sounds very weird. Sometimes one, sometimes people come up and ask me. It's very rare though. But they don't use the right tone of voice. They just sort of do it in like a rude sort of small talk, hurrying up sort of tone. Like, oh, hi, uh, what happened to you? Um, uh, yeah, um, make it like a real conversation. And um, like sometimes if you are going to ask, some people just might not be in the mood to tell you because they've told like a million other people. Like you must understand that it's their bodies and it's their story to tell. It's not anyone else's. Great point, Neve. Okay, so what does she and Luca think are some better ways of showing your curiosity about someone you don't know? Okay, this is gonna sound weird, but just stick with me here. So, it's not a matter of what they say, it's a matter of how they say it from you. And I think that if someone showed compassion, empathy, and really wanted to understand, then that's curious. Also, the way, like, your body is, if it's just, like, one hand on your hip and just, like, your eyes sort of drooping and just not really interested in the conversation. Of course, you don't have to be right up close and being super interested, but just, like, enough interest to feel like that person has, like, should spend their time answering the questions that you have for them. It depends on the age group a bit, too. Like, up to three, I think it's okay, yes. Like, I still get hurt by it, but it's buffered. But that kid in the lunchroom was 11. So, yeah, I, I was really hurt by that. I'm sure many people... Like, they're just not, they've never seen it, so they're they're not really sure how to react or really how to feel. Also, if you're listening out there, like, it's fine to stare once, but it's maybe just go up to them and introduce yourself. Like, if you're at a playground or something, maybe play with them and then ask them a question about it. Okay, so obviously, Neve and Luke are straight up rock. I know, right? Why don't we take a moment for our final thinking question? And our question is, having heard some ideas and tips from Luca and Neve, what might you do in the future when you're curious about someone you don't know who's a bit different from you? Hit pause now.
Thanks so much to Luca and Neve, just two of our wonderful Curly Crew listeners. And hey, by the way, Luca, one final burning question from us. Who do you like more out of me and Carl? Okay. Uh, I like Mark. Yeah, Mark too. Oh, cool. Uh, well, okay, Neve, how about you? Who do you like better out of me and Carl? Oh, well, I think I like Short and Curly's producer and creator, Kyla Slavin. Sure, okay, but after her, out of me and Molly. Oh, okay, uh, I reckon my next favourite is executive producer Justine Kelly. Sure, 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 but then who? Well, I always do love listening to The Brains Trust. You mean the students from Casuarina Street Primary School in Catherine? Bruno, Leilani, Eloise, Lawson, Lexi and Coda. Literally 12 hours later. I don't know. I really love the ABC newsreaders. They don't even work on our show. Okay, but like, after all of them, after all the people who have ever worked at or near the ABC, and you know what? After everyone else who has ever lived in the universe... Out of me and Molly, who do you like better? Uh, sorry, I'm just going through a tunnel. I'm dropping out, can't hear you. That sounded like she said Molly. No, it was definitely Carl. This has been an ABC podcast. Check out the ABC Kids Listen app. It's full of educational and entertaining audio programs. Hey, what's that? Oh my gosh, look out there. What? The Brains Trust are tinkering with the chairs outside the studio. That's why this studio has been feeling so weird. They've been playing a very elaborate prank on us all day. Gotcha! Take that, you totally deserved it. We got the idea from the short and curly episode about pranks. Those little villains. Was a very well-written episode, though, so thank you. Nice one, gang. Adding that to my pranks museum. Over and out from Frankie and George. Yeah, and if you haven't heard it, go back into the podcast feed and look for the show we did on the ethics of pranking people. It might even give you some ideas. (laughs) 